This is Truth Matters, episode Barbara O'Neill on mRNA vaccines and Big Pharma, with Matthew Shanshay and Mackenzie Drebbit, with guest Barbara O'Neill. This means that very soon the price of food will skyrocket. Maybe not long after that, we're going to start to get food shortages. The, the ramifications of this is very concerning. Welcome back, brothers and sisters, to another episode of Truth Matters, where I'm here, as always, with Mackenzie Drebbit, and joining us once again, our very special guest, Barbara O'Neill. Thank you again for joining us, Barbara. It's my pleasure. So, we ended last time kind of reviewing why you've had to leave Australia and the circumstances around that, and I think anybody who listens to it with a neutral ear will hear something weird is going on with your story. And um, we want to go a little bit further into why that is and maybe talk a little bit more about how that relates to what's going on around the world today. Um, where we left off was we had talked about Michael had started a political party and that that may have played in, in high likelihood, it played of some role in what you've experienced and, and what has led to you having to leave Australia to do your, your work. Can you tell us a little bit more about what Michael's political party was based on to give our, our followers a little understanding of, of where we're going here? Sure. What, um, what basically stimulated Michael to start the political party was, uh, I think it happened about six years ago, that uh, the government brought in a ruling that if you didn't vaccinate your children, you didn't get uh, childcare rebate. And this is very important for a lot of families, especially families where both couples are working. You also could not get half of your family payment. One year after that, the government brought in another ruling that if any child care centre took a non-vaccinated child, they were liable for a $10,000 fine. So Michael was outraged at these rulings because the fact is that the childcare rebate, the, the family payment, it's really coming from us Australians through our taxes. And really the government has no, no right to restrict people on this because they will not vaccinate. And that's really what caused him to start his political party, which is the Informed Medical Options Party. It's really a party pushing pro-choice and also pushing information so that people know what their choices are. And he was pleasantly surprised to see how many scientists, quite eminent physicians, doctors, professors who were having doubts, who also joined the political party because of, you know, they're, they're outraged at the stand that, that medicine and the government are taking on this. I think that's, uh, you know, that's what we're trying to do here, too, is we're not trying to tell people what and what not to do, but just to inform them, give them information so that they can make an educated choice for themselves. That's absolutely right. It is our God-given right. So God has given us this right. I have every right to be vaccinated if I so choose, and I have every right not to vaccinate if I so choose. So it really is the God-given right of every parent whether they choose to vaccinate their children or not. So um, what the government has done here is really starting to encroach on our freedoms. I think that's exactly kind of where we're going and hasn't it uh, encroached on your freedoms in what it's had to make you do to uh, leave your home country. So in what we're seeing here, vaccination seems to be at the center of the conversation for Michael's political party. It's advocating choice across probably a broad spectrum of treatment options, but specifically vaccination seems to be one of those core pieces that continues to pop up, and especially today. You know, the message that you have taken to the world and advocated for over 40 years, Barbara, is not one that is new to you specifically. So, you mentioned that we're starting to see governments really crack down on 
information. How does the health message and the current vaccine push um, along with this, I guess, I don't want to call it censorship of information, but certainly a, um, a tightening up of controls on the flow of information. How is that affecting your ability and the other medical professionals' ability to advocate uh, a treatment process that focuses on the healthy immune system and not of an external component? It certainly does encroach on it. Michael has met three doctors now in, in his travels who've had all their qualifications taken away from them because they're not prescribing enough medications. They're teaching their patients to drink more water, to start exercising, to eat a plant-based diet. And Michael had a, he had a um, interview with a surgeon recently. This surgeon owns his own jet. He flies to different parts of Australia. He said, I've I've arranged this interview with me, with you, because I was interested in coming a candidate in your political party, but my wife has just approached me this morning and she says, I don't want you to do this, because she said, if you do this, you will lose your job, you will lose your qualifications, and I, I'm afraid I can't live with that, so she said, I'm asking you not to do it. So this surgeon said to Michael, I'm so sorry that I have to... Uh, I have to take away my, my, my request to become a candidate in your political party. And this is what people are looking at. They're looking at their, they're losing their livelihood. They've, they're losing their qualifications. And when you investigate why, um, it's not a crime. And as I mentioned, I think in our last one, I, I don't believe that I've committed a crime at all. My, my only crime is that I'm teaching people to question the authorities. And, and again, I believe that's our God-given right to be able to make our own choices. So unfortunately, um, this is what is at stake with a lot of people are make, that are making this stand. When Michael first... Uh, began his political party, he had no idea what was around the corner. He had no idea that what was going to happen in uh, 2019, all of 2020. And right now in Australia, they've just gone into severe lockdown. And it, it actually defies reason. You know, it said on the news, 23 cases today. I mean, two years ago, if 23 cases of flu was picked up. They didn't make headlines. There's no deaths. It's just cases. And when 99 or 98.8% of people that get COVID recover, um, and the strong stance that has been made on this, um, I think a lot of thinking people today are thinking now, this actually doesn't sound quite right. And that's an interesting thing because, you know, we're talking about all these cases that are coming, but we're not really looking at the the real facts. Most people aren't. They're not checking what's the death rate compared to other flus. What's the rate of recovery, which is 98.8%, which is incredibly high. And, you know, we need to really look at these things, whether we want to be guinea pigs for some of these cures that have never been tested that have very dangerous things inside of them and whether we want to subject ourselves to some of these uh, treatments i think it's important for people to understand that there is uh, a law that was passed reagan passed a law and this is a, a while ago now given granting immunity to pharmaceutical companies. And, and that really comes into play in something like we have right now, where we have a process that generally takes a decade that has been shortened down into 10 months. It skipped uh, many phases of the normal procedures, including animal testing, and went straight to human testing. They've also authorized this on an emergency basis, meaning that it's not an approved vaccine. So we're dealing with this perfect storm of conditions here. I believe there are a lot of good-natured people. 
um, making uh, choices based on bad information. And where we sit now is it looks as though we are seeing a convergence of lack of accountability based on this immunity granted to pharmaceutical companies, but also a real lack of understanding of what uh, medium and long-term consequences may be uh, of adverse effects or adverse reactions from these things. Can you tell us a little bit, uh, Barbara, what you're seeing when you see this convergence of things around pharmaceutical companies where that isn't granted, that type of leverage, that type of leeway isn't granted in other places? No, it definitely um, is not. And what you're saying is right, Matt. This this vaccine does not have FDA approval. This vaccine was put through on an emergency law. It has bypassed many of the animal studies, which means human beings are being uh, used as guinea pigs. That's absolutely right. And I think it's of the utmost importance that people realize this. Now, if a person went to the doctor and said to the doctor, I will agree to be vaccinated if you sign this piece of paper guaranteeing that I will not be hurt by this vaccine and that you will be accountable if I am hurt by this vaccine. You see, no, no doctor or nurse will do that because they know that they can't do that because they cannot guarantee it. They can't even guarantee that it will protect against COVID. So if someone says to me, what can I do to protect myself against COVID? I say to them, stop watching the television because on the television, there's this media hype that we've got to be vaccinated. It's the only safe thing to do. We will not be free of this until we're vaccinated. This is not um, a medical statement. This is really a... Uh, a fear statement, it's, it's not based on any fact. And by the way, if this vaccine does not have FDA approval, it cannot be mandated. But the problem is that it's like in Australia, Qantas, they have passed a law that you cannot fly with them unless you are vaccinated. So, or if you own a business, you can say, um, you can't work for me unless you're vaccinated. So it is in that area that people will be affected when they don't vaccinate because you cannot mandate on something that had, does not have FDA approval. But I have a couple questions about that that really is confounding to me because what it seems is there's a real lack of understanding of what the vaccines actually do. How is efficacy defined in the terms of the pharmaceutical companies, and that doesn't seem to be something that's very well understood at the very highest corporate levels of the world. Because we have a prophetic news page on our website that keeps track of articles, and on there over the last several months, we found, I don't know how many cases of people who have gotten both shots of the vaccine show up with COVID cases. In fact, there are doctors taking blood panels of, of patients who have had long COVID, COVID, and what they're calling post-vaccine syndrome. And what's strange is all their blood panels look exactly the same. The people who came in who never have COVID but had the vaccine are showing the exact same blood patterns as the people with long-haul COVID. So in essence, what you're saying to as a, as a corporation like Qantas or anybody else who's moving towards Morgan Stanley, uh, Goldman Sachs, any number of uh, organizations that are mandating vaccines to come back to work, to fly, to go to concerts, to do whatever, they're segmenting the population off of a vaccine that says their efficacy is not related to contracting the virus, spreading the virus, or anything related to it, but just to the most severe symptoms, which include breathing machines and other uh, most severe symptoms leading, uh, in some cases, to death, that the, the very premise of why they're segregating society doesn't even actually make sense, given the fact that people can still get and spread COVID under the current vaccinations they're being given. That is, that is absolutely true. And I don't know if there's ever been a case in the history of the planet, or let's say the history of vaccinations, where a vaccination program has been created for a disease where 90 
8.8% of people recover. Now, if you look at the figures, it estimates that's 2% that's serious. It doesn't say 2% lethal, 2% serious. And if you look at the figures, you will find the people who are going down severely with the COVID, which is, again, 2%, are people that already have pre-existing conditions, uh, usually, you know, it's well known uh, into the 70s and 80s, they are more likely the ones to come down with, with the COVID, but they have pre-existing conditions. It, and you mentioned, Matt, that it doesn't make sense. I'd like to go one step further. It defies reason. It defies reason. It makes no sense at all. And I believe that the media hype, the media push is influencing people's minds. And God said in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, he says, I've not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A sound mind considers these things. And that is our God-given right, again, to consider these things and make our decisions. I totally respect someone's choice to vaccinate. And I would request that they totally respect my choice not to vaccinate. And also, so if they're only going to help with the severest of symptoms, what about all the contraindications? All the potential side effects are just as detrimental as the symptoms that they are saying they're going to help. We've had... Uh, thousands of people who have died in the U.S. and multiple thousands in Europe from taking the vaccine. And where is that showing up on the news? Almost nowhere. And in Canada, we had uh, about a month ago or two months ago, they were having some vaccines ready to expire. And so they were wanting to push those out. But you would have to sign that... I know that this is potentially harmful to me, that I will not sue any of the doctors, anything. And you have to fill out these forms, which puts no responsibility on the vaccine companies, even though, and that was after they were finding out that people were dying because of blood clotting, because of other things. So they said, well, we should pull these, but they cost a lot of money. So if people want them, they were saying, uh, the representatives were saying uh, the risk still outweighs the reward. Wow, you see, that 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 is crazy. And you were mentioning earlier, Matt, about this vaccine when we're having our private conversation that a lot of people don't realise, although some do, that it's got an mRNA protein in there and it's a spike protein. And it's this spike protein that they have used to stimulate our immune system to fight the COVID. But it, it means that the immune system is not going to fight anything else that comes into the body. These spike proteins, they are finding a effect in the clotting factor. And so that's why I think was it four months ago in Norway, there were 25 deaths in a aged care facility after the vaccines were given and they died from clots from the clotting of the blood so these are these figures are not not on the news and so it's not true journalism when everything is not revealed so true journalism i believe is what we are doing in our discussion right now and i think we all know that certain views come onto youtube and youtube takes them down so <laughs> They're, they're even um, able to censor that. And yet YouTube, I guess, has been acknowledged and known is where you can get a whole lot of information. But someone in YouTube is making decisions as to what they feel should be taken down and what should, be ta should not be taken down. So that, that is not giving people um, all the information. I'd like to point to two interesting facts that came out of this interview with Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of the mRNA vaccine. The first one is when presented with the statistics from a medical researcher, and the CDC has been presented with these statistics as well, 
and had a direct dialogue with Dr. Robert Malone about these statistics and have not denied them. The figure in the United States is actually 5,000 deaths from the vaccine. And when cited and proven through peer-reviewed data, data, it confirmed that there have been more deaths from the COVID vax than from all 70 vaccines combined that have been developed over the last 30 years. That is a, a statistic that has been uh, soundly proven medically uh, using independent medical researchers. And when given that statistic, Dr. Robert Malone said he has looked at that same data and agrees with that assessment. And they say it's actually a conservative estimate. This is not on the news. So the average person doesn't realize these things. There are emails between Anthony Fauci and Mark Zuckerberg that um, people have requested Freedom of Information Act for. And there is an email from Mark Zuckerberg directly to Tony Fauci saying, whatever you tell us to, uh, that goes against the narrative for vaccines to support people getting on board with vaccines, we will censor via Facebook. So you can see now that the uh, medical community and the tech community have created this uh, uh, inner sphere that cannot be penetrated. And now it's no longer speculation. The Freedom of Information Act request has revealed the exact email that cites Mark Zuckerberg saying to Tony Fauci, what is it that you want us to do? We will comply since you are the head medical professional. And I will say, just uh, for clarification, uh, Anthony Fauci is both a Roman Catholic and uh, trained in Jesuit schooling. So I think we can start to see there is a, a, a larger connection here within the flow of information and how that information is being um, handled. Whether you agree with it or not, we can see that there is a small group here dictating what is and is not okay to discuss on public forums with regards to these issues. And I would like to add in there, um, Canada has been just talking about a new bill that goes off of that uh, about Facebook, and that's Bill C-10. Uh, if you want to check that out, please look that up. Uh, it needs to go through Senate still, which I believe that people should be pushing against this bill very strongly because nobody's talking about this. And basically, it is a bill that is going to enforce that the government can decide what is okay to be said on social media, whether that's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. And if they don't like what you're saying, let me check to confirm these amounts. But what I was hearing was upwards of $200,000 fines for saying things against what they are saying is okay which to me is sounds very communist <laughs> to be the government dictating what you are allowed to say about your own person on your own social media that's right that's that's taking away freedom of choice and again we must stipulate these it's a god-given right that we can voice our opinion and when we look at the life of Jesus, he respected every single person, even the people that, that were against him, he respected. And that's all anyone deserves is their God-given right to make their own choices. So what I'm seeing here is they're saying that the fines will start uh, up to 25000 $25,000 for the first offense uh, by an individual and up to $10 million for the first offense by a corporation. That is huge. Yeah, it's, um, it's very huge. That's what I say. It's, it's time for people to rise up. Um, Michael gets very excited with his political party because of the amount of people who are rising up. There was a protest march in Sydney a few months ago that he attended, there were 10,000 people there. Now that's exciting that there, there are people who are looking at this and saying, this is not right. We, we, need, we need to do something about it. Mind you, Michael has had a lot of criticism for doing what he is doing. But 
history shows us that evil prospers when good men do nothing. When we sit back and allow such things to happen, we are as guilty as the people who are instigating it. But let us be clear that we uh, advocate, um, this, obviously, a Christian protest, one where we pray for our enemies, one where we turn our other cheek, one where we are only separate because we are separate for the truth's sake. And we want to make sure that uh, we are, uh, there's a lot of people out there who may hear this message that we are not advocating to uh, do what a lot of the world did over the past year, especially in America, and protest in a violent manner, but protest in a way which Christ would have you uh, do so, and that is conduct yourself uh, in a Christian character, which I think is um, is important for us to note. And uh, uh, Mackenzie, you were going to say? And I just wanted to bring up one more thing about these vaccines. There's a very interesting thing called the Nuremberg Code, and it has 10 main points in the code. And the first one is the voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. So if they're forcing this, you have to get it or you get prison time, that is directly against the Nuremberg Code. The Nuremberg Code was made uh, after the Second World War to protect people from things that have not been tested that could be harmful. Another one is, uh, this is point number five, no experiment should be conducted where there is a prior reason to believe that death or dis uh, disabling injury will occur, except perhaps in the experiments where the experiment physicians also serve as subjects. So if there is a risk, this is against the Nuremberg Code already. And they know there's risk and they admitted that there is risks. In the, in the 10th Code of the 10 Nuremberg Codes, it states that if there is a death in the experiment, the experiment must be ceased immediately. So we've already got 5,000 deaths in the uh, US that this is a total violation of the Nuremberg Code. Every single one of these Nuremberg Codes has been violated by the COVID vaccine. So if one of them had been violated, then this experiment must stop. But the whole 10 have been violated. My husband told me that he has lawyers in Australia who have begun a class action against this COVID vaccine, showing that it is totally unacceptable. You know, the Nuremberg Code was set up, as Mackenzie stated, to protect any more experimentation on human beings, but it seems to be, be being ignored. Which is interesting because everything's being done in the name of public health and safety, yet the thing that was created to protect public health and safety has been completely ignored. Why, I mean, I don't want to speculate because our job here is to just present the, the facts, but it leads me to want to ask why in this scenario have all of these measures been ignored? Why have the normal testing protocols, the normal reporting protocols, the normal uh, Nuremberg uh, protocols all been ignored throughout this process. And I know what the medical community would say. It's been an emergency and there's no other viable treatment. And I think now the data, the evidence uh, in uh, Tess Lowry's meta-analysis, peer-reviewed meta-analysis, which is the highest form, uh, we could get proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are alternative medicines, making this emergency authorization even more baseless but that is not the point of what we're here to talk about today. And I'd actually like to shift us to a little bit more of a specific conversation as it relates to the Seventh-day Adventist Church and vaccinations. As we uh, want to try to provide a little context and color around that conversation internally, because obviously globally this has been a divisive issue, even more so in the religious communities and the Adventist Church has uh, not been excluded from that. It is in the midst itself of a very divided congregation over this issue, and a lot of it stemming around uh, the writings of someone very close to Ellen White. Um, Barbara, could you tell us a little bit about uh, the book you're reading called Vaccination by Dr. Timothy Pernick, uh, who goes a little bit into who 
gave this information about Ellen White and also goes a little bit deeper into the full story behind, I think, what was the basis of the conversation was the smallpox vaccine. Yes, it's um, it's very interesting what what they have done. They've done a very thorough investigation, and I I certainly appreciate what they have done with their book. And and several times Ellen White was asked straight out about vaccine, but it's interesting to note she was silent on the matter. She was silent on the matter. She didn't speak against it. In fact, if, if anything, she said it is a perplexing um, situation. She certainly didn't speak for it. But what she did speak about again and again and again was the body's ability to heal itself. In one quote, she said, drugs never cure disease. They just change the form and location. So there she's talking about the side effects. And then she states, nature alone is the effective healer. And if left to itself, how much better could it perform its work? This is the 98.8% of people who are recovering. Why are they recovering? Because nature alone is the effective healer. And what it has been noted, and there is a section on the book on the flu, and when the flu went around in her day, many people died. Far more people died, it sounds like, than are dying from the COVID today. She said in one family, one physician lost three of his children from the flu. And she notes how they use simple remedies. She said we, we used water, we used hot and cold waters, we used rest, we used fresh air. And in many situations where she was asked, she again goes back to the simple natural treatments. Nature alone is the effective healer. And so it's just basic common sense, I think, that if nature alone is the effective healer, we need to have a look at how it heals. We need to understand a little bit about our body. And in one situation, she said, all should become intelligent as to the human frame and how to keep it in the condition necessary to do the work of the Lord. She said it is important both to understand the principles involved in the treatment of the sick and have a practical training to enable one rightly to use this knowledge. What is that knowledge? It's just basic anatomy and physiology, looking at the reason why water treatments work so well, looking at why herbs work so well, looking at why when a person's sick, they're best to eat a very late light diet. This is what she used again and again and again. And her and her husband, often they would go from family to family, helping them, showing them how to use the simple natural treatments. And she said, well, there's a quote in there where she said, the doctors are saying, go and call on Ellen and James White, they're having far more success than I am having. This is what one of the doctors says. And this was with flu. COVID is a type of flu, so we can certainly apply it to that. Never did she mention vaccines. What she constantly talked about was the simple natural treatments, the hydrotherapies, the, um, the eight laws of health, the, the rest, making sure you're getting fresh air, a, a plant-based diet. She spoke lots on that. There are whole volumes where she speaks on that. But is there is not one volume with not one comment on her advocating vaccines. And I think that's an important point for people to understand that she had. Uh, what we're advocating is not to, to do or not do anything. What we're advocating is that the, um, the prophet of the Adventist faith has neither said for or against. And where we sit today, uh, I, I believe uh, we're advocating an individual decision. So I think the concerning part comes in when the General Conference uh, makes kind of an alignment with the CDC to get every Adventist vaccinated. And I think the point we're trying to make here is, look, are, are, are there places for individuals to choose vaccines for themselves, for their families? Sure, that's their individual choice to do so. The, the issue that we're advocating is with a healthy immune system, you won't need 7 billion vaccines to vaccinate the whole planet. 
I think what we're advocating is you don't need every single person on the planet to be vaccinated. If you needed a portion of the population and the data supported as such, then those individuals can make those decisions for themselves. But what we're comparing against here isn't just one person or another getting vaccinated, but 7 billion doses of vaccines have been made with the intention to stick a needle in every arm on earth, essentially. And that is where we think, I believe, we're advocating a message that puts the power in the hands of the individual to create an environment for a healthy immune system so they would not have to go through these protocols in a situation where we are known to have adverse effects. Last time I checked, there is not a lot of adverse effects from sunshine, hydrotherapy, fresh air. Um, Unless I'm wrong, you guys got to tell me if I'm seeing too much fresh air. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And that is the beauty of the natural remedies is that there is no side effect. And if 98.8% of people recover, they've actually got a little bit of leeway to try these simple remedies. This is not a life-threatening situation. The media make out it is. And by the way, let's have a look at the moment Who is making money out of this? The pharmaceutical companies are making the money out of it. The government is paying them the money for the vaccine so that the people can have free vaccine. That, you know, I'm sorry, but this is is part of the equation. You can't deny that someone is making money out of these vaccines. And anybody who would argue that they're an altruistic... uh organization or industry, all they need to go back and look at is the history of legal liability lawsuits that goes uh, farther than the eye can see on issues that they've had with past drugs. And um, I don't think uh, we would see anything different. In fact, I was hoping to see at least the American and Canadian governments issue some kind of cap on uh, pharmaceutical companies' profits, because if this truly is an emergency and we all have to come together uh, there should be other considerations taken off the top um, for these pharmaceutical companies to not have money be their key driver, where, uh, again, I could provide a laundry list of, of litigations and uh, inevitable settlements that would show that uh, they often um, kind of crash the car and uh, pay for it later. So they uh, don't seem to be afraid of these big payouts because They've actually built it into their business model as the cost of doing business. And um, I'm not, I have family actually in, in the uh, medical research and vaccine community who is obviously very uh, attached to what's going on right now and is very, um, he's made his choice for vaccination, but has yet to really see what the interworkings of the real world has in store. He's been very academic and is about to cross over into the real world. And I, I often wonder what God has in store for him to see what the world is actually like on the inside of the medical community. Because as we've come through your own testimony, Barbara, come to learn, it is not all above board and unfortunately not this altruistic, perfect industry that so many right now are holding it to be. And also, like Barbara was saying, who is benefiting? So if we look, one of the biggest proponents of these vaccines is Bill Gates. And Bill Gates admitted that it has been his most profitable investment is vaccines. He's getting a 20 times return on his money. He said he invested 10 million, 10 billion, sorry, not million, billion. And he's getting 200 billion back from that investment into vaccines. And so it's no wonder that you would be in support of something when you're getting a 20 times return on your investment in that thing. That's, that's right. That's right. And, and, the, pharma, and the, the pharmaceutical company and their wealth and their billions and their deceptive power are predicted in Revelation. And Michael shared this when he gave a a speech recently, and he said the people were fascinated to know that in Revelation chapter 18, verse 23, in the last section, it says, and her merchants were the great men of the earth. We're talking about the wealthy men. Her her merchants, where are they? The salesmen who have deceived. You see, they've 
It says, by her sorceries, and that's interpreted in the Greek pharmakia, by her pharmacies, all nations have been deceived. So it is fascinating to see that Revelation is predicting that the pharmaceutical company with her medications is going to play a major role in the last days of Earth's history. And we know that in Revelation 13 as well, in verse 17, it says that there's going to be a time when people will not be able to buy or sell. Now, this is a question that's been going around uh, for a lot of uh, people. Is COVID going to be part of Sunday law? Is, is this all connected here? Now, definitely it's a precursor, but we're not in the little time of trouble and it will not be until this switches from just a health crisis into a Sunday worship uh, law. So people need to keep that distinction there that these, yes, everything is building up to an initial end goal, which is against God's system, against his natural enemies, against health, against his Ten Commandment law as well. That, that's right. I don't think anyone can say absolutely um, exactly how this will play out. But it's quite a concern when there's uh, messages coming out from the media that you will not be able to buy or sell unless you have the have on your phone the app that proves that you've been vaccinated. And that rings very true as what you were saying in Revelation, that you cannot buy or sell. It talks about unless you have the mark of the beast. Now, I don't think anyone is going to say this is the mark of the beast or it isn't the mark of the beast, but, but Bible students are watching. They're all watching and we need to be watching and seeing how this is going to be played out. We are not sure how it will be played out. But what we do know is that the Bible says a time will come when you will not have a choice. Your choices will be taken away because you will not be able to buy and sell unless you have the mark of the beast. So that's a total violation of free choice. And you can see in this COVID vaccine where, there, where airlines are saying you can't fly unless you're vaccinated, you can't go to uh, certain venues unless you're vaccinated. This is starting to, you know, what this is doing, this is encroaching on our free choice. So we see definitely the parallel in that our choices are being taken away from us and they're our God-given right. And if anything... COVID has started to lay the groundwork. While it may not itself lead to Sunday Law, if there are those out there who are looking to learn more about Sunday Law, we have a whole myriad of things on our AD channel. Please go find them. Check out Total Onslaught, uh, Rekindling the Reformation, um, uh, Darkness Before Dawn. You can go through all those series and learn more about what we're talking about if we you hear the Sunday Law term and you don't know what we're referring to and and once and one specific lecture uh preparation for the crisis called the call deals all about the issue of sunday and that's probably the best one to jump to because it goes directly into scripture and uh sunday law where some of those other series will carry you through a whole range of topics so uh, go check that out but when you look at what's happened you have restrictions of movements restrictions of information. You have mandatory uh, uh, social distancing measures. Now, in the States, some of these things are being loosened up, but the rest of the world has not loosened up. In fact, in many places, it's tightening back up. Uh, we'll see what happens, which direction the States go. But we've gone to see that everything is, seems to be pushing back into the control of the state being allowed to dictate and determine what you do based on your own public safety. So everything is being done in, under the guise of health and public safety. Um, I feel like we've seen that before in the past in other regimes, and it doesn't turn out so good for the societies that it's happening on. And based on the information and some of the content that we're going to produce in the future, we're going to show exactly why uh, that this doesn't turn out well for the society uh, as this plays out. But for the time being, um, we have prayer. 
we have God's word. We have a message that gives us the principles to live a healthy lifestyle and to do so in a way that is not uh, aggressive or conflicting with anyone else. And I think that is why God calls his people a peculiar people. We will stand out. We will be strange. We won't be angry. We won't be um, uh, tearing things down. We will be preaching the truth and people will hate us for it. And I'm going to venture to say that there's going to be some that don't like much what we talked about today, but I'm awfully glad that God has given us the space to do so. That's right. It's, it's, it's important for every human being to realize it is our God-given right to choose. And it's important that every single human being also realize that we need to respect every single person's choice because it is our, it is our God-given right. And when we see these choices being taken away from us, uh, what uh, Mackenzie said earlier, it sounds like communism. And we have in our history on planet Earth what, what this has done, what communism has done. It, it doesn't take much to read some of the stories of the people who have lived in these regimes. It's, um, it's very scary. And Michael was talking to one doctor who's been stripped of all his credentials. And he came from Bulgaria. He was fleeing communism. He came to Australia. They did not accept his qualifications as a physician, so he did another five years to become a physician. And he has now lost everything. He worked for 10 years, but then the government saw for some reason that he's not, um, I say for some reason, why are they watching, that he's not prescribing a lot of medications. He said to my husband, this is what I fled in Bulgaria. He said, this is... This is communism, what's happening here in Australia. And in Australia, as we speak, every state has gone into lockdown. The pandemic is the economic devastation that this is causing. That's the pandemic. That's the devastation. It is not COVID that 98.8% of people recover from. No, 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 it's this, it's this overreaction. And when you stand back and look, you think... Uh, this makes no sense. It, it makes no sense that, you know, if someone died from flu two years ago, that never made the news. But if someone dies from COVID today, it's headlines. And, and then for some reason, more, more reason to lock down even more, which is just devastating society. It's devastating our industry. It's devastating our foods, our food supply. Australia has not still in lockdown you can't fly in and out and so we're not getting our seasonal pickers so our fruits and veggies aren't being picked so some farmers are just hoeing the fruits and vegetables back into the ground this means that very soon the price of food will skyrocket maybe not long after that we're going to start to get food shortages the the ramifications of this is very concerning it is that's and, and that's one of the reasons why we promote people sustaining themselves. Have your own garden, grow your own food. You know where it's coming from. It's good food. It hasn't been sprayed with so many chemicals that are injurious to our body that are causing many times uh, inability to digest food. And you're also getting all those live enzymes, those live bacteria and microorganisms that you need in your intestinal system to help you digest. And if we start to see health decline, if we start to see food shortages, prices of food go up, there's a reason why um, Ellen White said that the right arm of the gospel, the medical missionary line will be the last work because we can see around us right now that this things could become difficult. Maybe they're going to get easy again. Maybe things will open up. But from the other things that we've been talking on the podcast earlier, from the book 2052 and the Club of Rome to other things, we see there is this agenda. There's this idea that they are working towards. And it'd be wise for us to take heed to those warnings. Yeah, I think you make a really good point is that's what the, the our job here is to prepare you for the coming calamities. 
um, as Bible believers, as students of prophecy, as it says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We understand that the what's coming, it has to come. But what we can do is individually prepare you for your family, for your community, to help others make the right decisions, both for their body, for their mind, for their spirit, all under the guys that we've been given through uh, the Word of God. And so our job now is to help everybody out there navigate these times the best that we can and to try to do it together, because as we continue in this work, uh, as Jesus said, we will be persecuted more and more. And so um, it was a privilege to speak with you guys. We covered a lot of stuff in three episodes here. So I hope if you, the viewer, the listener, uh, got a lot out of this, share the information, please. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notifications button so you don't miss the next time we come up with more information. We're going to continue to provide you guys with more. We want to thank Barbara so much for all the time you've given us. Uh, we're really grateful that you're able to get back to work. Can you tell us just quickly a little bit about the series that you're going to be bringing out to the world here soon? Okay, well, I'm very thankful to Amazing Discoveries that we're able to do this amount of filming. I think that so far I've, you know, between Chris and I, we've been, we've done about 55 presentations. <laughs> so we've got a lot coming. And what we've endeavoured to do is to talk about current issues. We've talked about the body, its ability to heal itself. We're endeavouring to cover as many subjects as possible. In fact, two days ago, we did a four-part parenting one on children's health. And so soon, Amazing Discoveries will be able to uh, make available these presentations. And that is our aim, is to prepare people because the time is coming when we will need to know more than ever how to keep our bodies in good working order and to know more than ever the simple natural remedies that we can apply to the bodies, to the body so that we can bring about our own healing because the, the, the body alone is the healer and it will heal itself if you give it the right conditions. So that's what the series really has been about is the conditions that the body requires to remain in health. And if a person's sick, the conditions required to recover from that illness and bring the body back into good working order. Great. Well, we definitely appreciate the time that we've had and all the information that we've been able to record with you that we can get to you guys, the viewers who are watching, who are wanting to know how does my body work what should we be doing? What are some of the principles that we can learn? And we'll be coming up with those as soon as we can. So keep an eye out for those new presentations coming. And in the meantime, keep us in your prayers as we keep you and ours. We thank you all and pray that God blesses you in Jesus' name. Thanks, guys, for joining. Thank you. Thank you. you.